Hallelujah. A word that maybe we get used to just singing in a song or just saying it, but it's a, it's a word of celebration. It's a word that you feel. And what are we feeling? What are we, what are we celebrating, especially in that song? It's the reality that you and I have a living and a live hope, not a, not a wishful thinking hope, but we have a living future reality that God is bringing us into his presence and he's going to give us an inheritance and everything that is done here for him is never forgotten and will always be rewarded. It's going to be some of the things that we're going to be looking at today. And so I, I pray and I hope that as you're singing that song, as you think through it, your heart's welling up with appreciation and a true meaning of the word hallelujah as you fill it within you because you were so thankful for what God has done for you. Hey, thank you for joining us today. If you're new or maybe you're not sure who we are, we're Summit Church and uh, we love Jesus because he first loved us and we're just glad that you're with us today. This, Lord willing, is our last um, digital service. So next week on the 28th, the plan is to be together outside here at the church building and I, I think it's an understatement to say how excited we are for it. So continue to pray for that service. Continue to pray that God um, allows us to be able to even get closer to one another as the days and the weeks go on and pray that everything goes smoothly with that service. There is a lot, a lot to think about and we don't want all of the details to discourage us, but we just want to be excited about it. We want everything to go well. So looking forward to seeing you then. Happy Father's Day to all of my fathers out there, happy Father's Day to my father, Greg Swaney. I love you, and I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. I don't mean that in a physical sense, so that's true, but I also mean that in a spiritual sense. My, my father, my dad, my earthly father has played a big role in my spiritual journey and even being able to serve the Lord. And so I love you, Dad, and I know you're going to be watching, so thank you for everything that you've done and who you are. Also, one of my greatest friends. So um, I know many of you are going to have a lot of intimate things to say to fathers. Maybe some of you don't have the opportunity to say that to your father. Maybe some of you have had an experience with a father that would not make this day celebratory for you. Either way, um, you know you have a heavenly father that is the perfect example of true love and affection. And you can celebrate and think about God, your father, who loves you and who takes care of you, and who is next to you, and who has provided everything that you need. All right. So what I want to do is I want to pray real quick before we get into the message. Pray for our fathers, and then we'll get right into Romans chapter 12. Our Heavenly Father, God, we say thank you. We say it, but God, I pray that you would help us to, to feel that, to embrace that, to, to sense the gratitude of, of thanksgiving that we have for you. That as a father, one who looks after his children, who not only disciplines but loves and tenderly takes care of and teaches and guides and is with us and helps us to grow. God, we admit you are the one true God. Father, though we do not see you, we love you. We know you have put that love in our heart. And God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you for how you've taken care of us. So praise that you would help us to honor you. Uh, both both as I preach this lesson, but even in our lives each and every day, that, that we would be motivated by your love for us and everything that we do, everything that we do and say would be to your honor and to your glory because you are do it and worth it all. So God, we say thank you. We pray all of this in the great name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 12. We are continuing our series on real church now we're in chapter 11, uh, verse 11, and we have just one verse today, one simple verse, but there's a lot here. 
Now, before we do that, I want to show you a progression. We're going to be talking about passionate service today, but there's been a progression through chapter 12 that's getting us to talk about this verse. And so let's, let's go back through some things. We looked at verse 1. We saw our worship pillar, worshiping authentically, presenting your body as a living sacrifice to God. And in verse 2, he reminded us to not to be conformed to this world, but to be changed by the renewal of our mind. Verse 3 reminded us, hey, don't think about yourself more highly than you ought to. Why? Because you are a body member. You are one among many. You make you are one that makes up this bigger piece. And so there's this need for humility to see that it's not about all. It's not just about me. We're all working together. And along with being a body member, there's this reality we find in verse 6 that you have certain gifts you are a body member, which means you are a certain type of member that has a certain type of function, and God has made it that way, and you are very valuable. Um, and everyone around you else in the body is valuable to you, and you are to them. And so what was the natural uh, command from knowing this is, hey, you have them, use them, as we heard Pastor Todd says, get at it, get at it. But then last week, it's like, hey, we, you're part of the body. Here's your identity. You have these gifts. Use them, but don't just let it stop there. There's a way in which you use them. There's a motivation that comes from being a part of the body, a motivation that comes from using your gift, and that's, that's doing and using them out of genuine love. You love brothers and sisters, and you put others before yourself, and so all of your gifts set, all of your service, all of this is, is being motivated by a genuine love for God and for others. And so Verse 11 is going to lead us to this next part, serving passionately, right? So as we're now in the mindset of thinking about using our gifts and serving among the body in genuine love, there comes this reminder about our service now as our mind's there, and it's, it's the way in which we serve God, and it needs to be, and God wants it to be passionate. So let's look at it today. The verse is this, and the verse is the outline. The verse is this. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Do not be slothful in zeal. Let's start there. When I think about the word slothful, you know what I think of? You know what I think of? Maybe this is what I think of right here. Maybe many of you have seen this movie Zootopia and you laughed your head off when you met Flash, right? This sloth who's ironically named Flash and they're in a hurry and this quick little bunny uh, 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 needs, needs something done and he is slow as all get out. Everything that he responds is like a 10 second delay and it takes him forever. Even the punchline of a joke brings his laughter many, many delays ahead of when it should be. And the, the, the bunny is just dying, dying, just wanting things to hurry up. And what happens at the end, right? They finally get done. And by the time they're done with the DMV and done with Flash, it's nighttime, right? So we all laugh at this. Maybe you haven't seen it. Go see it. Flash is awesome. So when I think slothful, that's what I think. Literally, sloth, slow, delay. So let's get back to our verse. See? What's that feel like? Yeah? 
Yeah. Slow, slow moving. That's probably what we feel like a lot of times to the Lord is he wanting us to get at things, use our gifts, right? But we're slothful. So let's, let's talk about the word slothful. Let's make sure we understand this properly. The word literally means slow, means to delay, means to hesitate. Now, what we need to talk about is we need to get our brains out of simplistic thinking of this word slothful, because maybe some of you are just thinking lazy. Now, it includes that, but there are many reasons we would be slothful. Now, let me remind you, slothful in what? We're told here, do not be slothful, slow, hesitant, or delay in what? Zeal. Zeal, which would mean speed, quick, being hastily, being, being as a more simplistic definition, just being enthusiastic and positive and ready, ready to get at something. Remind you this, what are we getting at? We're getting at serving the Lord, right? So let's, let's look at it. Why then? Why then would we as believers, when it comes to our service for the Lord, when it, when it, when it comes for what we're put here on planet Earth to do, what are some of the reasons we might be slothful to be enthusiastic and zealous about what God has called us to. And so here's my goal in these next few things. I want to try to include us all in so we can all relate. Hopefully, we can all relate to one of these things. My goal is not to point anybody out. My goal is to point all of us out. And I want you to know that as I list these reasons we might lose zeal, I can relate to every single one of those. So I pulled from my own experience in life to bring these up. So let's look at it. First and foremost, I might be or you might be, this could be you. I am slow and hesitant and timid. I am slow to be zealous for God because one, I'm busy. Right? Maybe this is you. What, what do I mean by busy? Well, I mean, I've got so much going on in life, so much going on outside of what I would consider ministry that God has called me to, so much going on that when I think about serving the Lord, it is, it's just wearisome. Now, Paul used the same word that he used for slothful here when talking to people in his letter about trouble and reminding them, hey, listen, for me to write the same things to you, Philippians, it's no trouble for me. It's the same word. So Paul is saying, like, like I'm not burdened by it, right? So, so an indication of sloth to zeal is that you're being burdened by something that's good or ministry. You're being burdened by something that is a calling of God. So maybe maybe busy would be a reason that you might be losing zeal. Maybe you're there now, you know, like, man, I, I, I hear this word zeal and I know, like, I, I feel immediate conviction. Yeah, that's not me. Maybe could the reason be that we're just too busy in life? We have priorities mixed up. Now there's another meaning of the word busy here. Some of us are so busy serving the Lord, there's no joy in the service we have for the Lord. Let me say it again. There's, there's, a, there's another issue. So busy serving the Lord, so busy distracting ourselves with activity, as my dad has told me, too busy with activity that you're not accomplishing anything. So busy serving the Lord, right? So busy serving the Lord that you've lost zeal and motivation. Right, Because maybe there's a, a wrong motivation there for why you're actually doing what you're doing. How about this next one? This brings me to the next one. It's burned out. Maybe, maybe I have no zeal for the Lord right now because I'm burned out. And that could, come, it could be a result 
of the busyness. I have simply been doing so much for the Lord, and my body is experiencing so much, so much I'm just done. I don't find joy in serving the Lord anymore. I, I'm just burned out, and I just want to disappear and be away from everything. And again, again, I think all, these are, these, this, this is the case for all of us. Right? Paul would not be saying this if he didn't know that we would have the tendency to always decline from enthusiasm for Jesus. Right? It's not we get saved and it just keeps going up. Just keeps going. It's 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 no, it's constantly it's constantly going down and the spirit is constantly helping us and convicting us and stirring us to keep going, but if you're burned out, burned out, it may be that you're too busy. It may be that your motivation has been wrong for why you're doing what you're doing. And so now you're not getting something that you've been wanting. We'll see it in some of the other reasons here. But if you're facing burnout, it's time to again think through priorities. It's time to then remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. It's time to again ask God, what do you want me to be doing? Maybe this, maybe you're burned out because you're unrecognized. Maybe you're losing zeal for the ministry because you have been serving the Lord, but you feel like no one's noticing. You feel like no one's noticing. You're not getting any recognition or any appreciation. Now, here's what I would remind you of, right? You, you know when you hear me say that something about that sounds wrong, right? Because we're not working for the praise of ourselves, are we? We should not be working for our own praise. We should not be doing what we're doing because we're wanting the... the uh, the praise of men. We know that's wrong. That cannot be becoming of a Christian. Like God, God saves us so we can serve him, not ourselves. And when we start feeling a lack of zeal, getting burned out, ready to be done, tired of this, it could be. Is it for you? As I'm saying this, you feel the spirit working. You're like, yeah, that's me. Like I'm leaving the work of the ministry. I'm like giving up and losing zeal and enthusiasm for what God's called me to because simply people aren't noticing what I'm doing. Hey, listen, we got to kill that. we got to realize that's, that we're taking praise from God. He sees what we're doing. We don't need any recognition from anyone else. He sees what we're doing. Now listen, what about this now? Maybe you're just discouraged. What about, this, one, this one I think all of us can relate to. We can relate to all of these, but this one in a big way because sometimes our work is done zealously, right? Time and time again. It's done. It even gets routine, right? And we're on fire. But then as time goes on, we start to... We start to notice, or actually, we start to not notice improvement. Maybe, maybe we're we're reaching out to a a, a young one, a, a teenager, or we're reaching out to a coworker, and we've put zeal and enthusiasm and a prayer for that person. But as time goes on, we see like maybe nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. What about you? Nothing happening. You feel like I look and I see what I'm doing. I see no results. I'm discouraged. I just feel like my presence doesn't matter and I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. That could be a reason you've been losing zeal. Now what about this one, fearful? Some of us don't have zeal for the ministry because we're so scared to start. right? We, we, we look out and we see all the potential things that we should be afraid of and we're just afraid to start. We're timid and we're more focused on dangers and what ifs more focused on if I can't be perfect in this and I don't want to do it. I'm so afraid to fail. I'm so afraid to this. I'm so afraid to this. So I don't anyway, and I'm slothful. I'm slow and I'm hesitant to get excited and to run to being zealous for the work of the Lord. Could be fear. Is that it for you? Now look at this one. 
could be that we're apathetic. Apathetic just means I don't care. I don't care. Now listen, there are two types of people who don't care. And maybe that's you. Maybe as you're listening, you're like, man, none of, I don't really re- relate to any of those. But as you say, I don't care, that describes me. I just don't care. We all get there. But there are two types of people who do not care. There's the person who doesn't care and is bothered by that. And then there's person who doesn't care and doesn't care. Does that make sense? The person who doesn't care, they're aware, they're self-aware. I don't care about things that I should, things of the Lord. And that bothers me, that convicts me. Hey, listen, we all get there. And let me remind you this, you are weak in your own ability to, to well up emotion and fervor, as we're going to see here in a little bit. Pray, seek the Lord, tell someone, and trust God to work in your heart. Right? Apathy for the person, apathy for the person who's bothered that they're apathetic. There's hope there. But for the person who's apathetic and does not care, I don't care and I don't care that I don't care. That's a very dangerous place to be. And if you're not willing to pray for yourself, then then others will pray for you. But you need to be reminded of the warnings in the gospel. The gospel's good news, but there's warnings there. Right? We we can't we can't be lukewarm. God will spit us out of our mouth. Or it could be an indication that there it truly is no, no change in your heart because the Spirit will well up in you a love for God. And if there's nothing but apathy there and you don't even, you're not even bothered that you're apathetic, it's a very dangerous place to be. We've got to wake up. Got to wake up. You need to hear the warnings of Scripture. Let's go back to our verse. So let's look at it now. Do not... Be slothful, slow, hesitant in zeal, which is haste, speedily, fervency, quick, right? On, on fire as we're going to see. So what would cause you to be slothful in zeal? This is our, this is our first, first commandment here. Don't be slothful in zeal. But the, but the reverse, as we're going to get to here in a second, let me read this verse as a motivation and a reminder for us to continue in good works. Titus reminds us, he who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And you know the purpose in this verse, the purpose of God to save you and to redeem you and make you different and cleanse you is he's trying to build a people for himself. And what does he want from his people? He's trying to put within them this zeal this zeal for spiritual works. We're all called to it. The whole book of Titus is constantly reminding to be zealous, to seek these things, to go after them, to run to them, to be zealous, on fire, enthusiastic, positive, like, God, what do you want me to do? Here I am. What do you want me to do? I'm ready. I'm ready. It's a readiness. It's a ready. It's not a shrinking back. It's not a hesitancy. But we all do this and we all struggle with this. This is why we have this in verse 11. This is why God is giving us this verse. The very, the very notion of the verse is reminding us how we need to be. So be what? Right? If we're not going to be slothful and zeal, avoid being slothful and zeal. What is it we are to be? Be fervent in spirit. Be fervent in spirit. When I think of the word fervent, here's what I think of, because here's the definition of the Greek word fervent. It means to, as of to water, to boil, to seethe, to boil over. So if you're thinking this word fervent, you're literally thinking on fire, burning hot, boiling over, on the move. I am excited. I'm ready and nothing can stop me. I'm fervent. I'm on fire. Let's do this, God. Let's do this, right? What's the opposite, right? So what would 
non-fervency or being slothful to zeal, what's a good picture of it as it pertains to water? How about this? Look at this pool here. It's disgusting. Why? Why is it disgusting? Why does this happen to water? Do you know why this happens to water? Stagnation. Stagnation will cause bacteria and filth and things to grow in it, right? And when we're stagnant, we're slothful, right? Things begin to happen, right? We may not even be able to understand what it is. We know something's wrong. We know something's wrong here in our thinking. Something's wrong in the way that I feel. Something's just wrong. I can't, and I'm starting to feel oppressed by something. And just something's, these negative, bitter thoughts are starting to come into my mind. And I'm starting to live like complaining, done with life, bitter, mad at everyone else. I can't explain it. Just starting to feel horrible because we're stagnant, right? To not be fervent, to not boil over would be to be stagnant, to be slothful, to slow down. And when it comes to water, nothing good grows in water when it's still. So let's look at the verse. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Now you're thinking here, if you're asking yourself, what does the spirit mean? Does that mean Holy Spirit? Does that mean like just the spirit of man? You're asking the right question. Some say, some say, oh, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. And some say, oh, this is just talking about man's spirit. Like, hey, hey, man, be, be fervent in your spirit. I would say both. If you just say this is for man, hey, you just need to be fervent in your spirit. You just need to be on boiling up and on fire for God in your spirit. Yes, but I would then ask the question, how does someone become fervent in their spirit then? Had the spirit of man, how does it even become on fire for God. I would say that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So either way, you've got to include the Holy Spirit in this verse. Let's think about it like this. Be is an interesting word. Anytime I see the word be there, it's this idea of it's passive. It's this should happen to you. This you need to let it happen. And a lot of times we're not fervent in our spirit because we're preventing the Holy Spirit's power within us to make us fervent, right? We, we do things to hinder it. So, okay, how can, we, how can we avoid this and how can we avoid stopping the fervency that the Spirit's wanting to create within us, right? This is, God is wanting us to not just do something. He's wanting us to feel a certain way. He's wanting our heart to be real and genuine. You see that? That's why this verse is so important. God's looking down. He's got people, he wants to see them zealous for him. That's why the greatest and first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Does that sound like fervency and zeal? Or does that sound like stagnation and slothfulness, right? Oh, such drudgery, such drudgery to now have to serve God, to love him so hard and so miserable, right? God's like, I don't, that's not what I saved you for. That's not what I I gave my son up for. That's not why I redeemed you. I want you to experience the joy that I really give you. I'm in you. Let me work. Right? But but we're told there's actually a command here. Fervent is is an actual command. It's a verb that has to happen. And so there's something that, that happens within us, the command itself, when we're working with the Spirit or allowing the Spirit to work in us, that we're seeking this. We're at least seeking fervency. Right? You may not be able to just go <clears throat> and be fervent. You may be able to get a bowel movement, but you can't make yourself fervent. I get it. I get it. Like Jasper, just bees fervent. How does that happen? I'm like miserable. All right, but are you at least seeking this? Are you going after this? Are you, are you being changed by the renewal of your mind? Like, okay, I can't be this way. 
right? So there's something about, I cannot be slothful. In zeal, I, I need, God wants me excited. So something he's at, and I gotta be fervent in my, in my spirit, in the Holy Spirit, so I'm gonna seek that, right? That, that's a trajectory that we need to be on, at least from this verse. So if you can say, I can't be there, Jasper, well, you need to start the trajectory of moving towards it. But if you keep dismissing it and say, ah, yeah, it's not for me, I can't do it, you're, you're going to stay stagnant. You're going to stay stagnant. Let me show you some verses. If you look back in the Old Testament, God's given us this beautiful picture, the shadow, right, of the, the temple and the altar and the priest and all of these things, and the greater thing was coming. And in the book of Leviticus, the priests were told to keep the fire on the altar burning constantly. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and he shall arrange the burnt offering on it and shall burn it on it. The fat of the peace offering in the verse 13 says this, fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out and the fire was constantly going they would take shifts they would have to go and get wood they'd have to keep the fuel to keep the fire going oh jasper you're just going to some random verse in leviticus and trying to make a point about being zealous no this is a shadow we're living the real thing right now where who are the priests now in the new testament oh first peter tells us we're a part of this royal priesthood jesus is the high priest we are now the priest how do we learn what priests are and what priests did? We learn from the picture of the shadow that he's given us through the Old Testament. Where is our altar? We don't have an altar today. Well, the altar is where you put the sacrifice and the sacrifice burned it went to God. That was the presentation place. Well, we learned in verse one of chapter 12 that we are the living sacrifice, that our bodies, right? Our physical bodies are the living sacrifice sacrifice so where is this altar that we're putting our bodies on this is a spiritual altar this is an altar that's in the heart this is like a presentation place where we're giving our body to god and we're saying this is yours and and just like the israelites were reminded that the fire that burned constantly is reminded them that one god's with you always but two you must worship him continually here we are now with our as royal priest offering a sacrifice of our bodies to god being reminded that this fire needs to be kept burning continually, continually. The only way the fire burns is with fuel. I don't make too many correlations that, that I'm not allowed to from Scripture to make, but it's not hard, though, to find out that the fuel that we need for fervency and zeal is, one, the power of the Holy Spirit, and then, two, God's Word that's constantly reminding us of these things and working in us and it's powerful cutting deep into our heart and convicting us and encouraging us and admonishing us and exhorting us and keeping us going some of us have lost our fervency because we have forgotten these things and we need to be reminded do not be slothful in zeal but be fervent in spirit we remind you of this verse in zechariah god says not by might nor by power but my spirit you know, if you start serving the Lord in your own strength, it will not take long for you to start feeling burned out. Lose zeal, lose fervency. Because guess what? Your body's deteriorating. Your energy level's decreasing. The chemical processes in your body and the things you may rely on, the physical thing in your body you're relying on to feel fervent is going to start to wane. So what do you do when you, don't, you no longer feel fervent? 
That's why you need supernatural help. That's where the Spirit comes in. That's why Paul could experience some type of weakness in his body and then come out fervent and say, all right, I'm going to boast all the more of my weaknesses, right? And not be discouraged by that, but somehow be on the fire for the Lord even more. As he reflected on the, that no matter what happens to me, man, I get shipwrecked. All of these things happen. I get stoned. I get bitten by snakes. All of these things happen to me, and God has only proven time and time again that he's with me and that he will work through me despite anything, right? And that pumped Paul up. But as time goes on and we get older, it doesn't necessarily mean we get wiser and more experienced and better. It, it depends on what we do with our experiences. Are you taking your experiences as a reason to see that God is using them and always with you and that with him you will never fail and that nothing can stop him and that everything is an opportunity for him to work and you're letting that pump you up? Or is all your experiences making you more bitter, more frustrated, losing energy? Right? Where are you? Where are you? The last part of the verse is this. Don't be slothful in zeal. Don't be slow to get enthusiastic. Be fervent in spirit. Boil over within you in excitement for the Lord. Particularly for what? Serve the Lord. If we take it backward, think about this. Serving the Lord, that's the goal. I can line up 10 people and they're all serving the Lord, but maybe only one of them is doing it this way though. God's saying, hey, I want you to serve me, but you serve me this way zealously, fervent in your spirit, ready for every good work. Remembering all of the verses before verse 11 in mind, knowing that you're, you have gifts and you're using them and you're letting love be genuine. You're tripping over one another to outdo one another and showing honor and you're presenting your body as a living sacrifice, but you're not thinking of yourself too highly because God has made you part of this awesome thing and you're getting to be just like Jesus who came to serve and not be served and you're giving of yourself both to God and others and you're here to serve and that gets you pumped up because you realize, man, I know my purpose in life. I know what God's made me for. I know why I'm here and I'm ready to do this. Let's do this God use me use me I'm I, I feel like I can do nothing but with you I know you can use me right that's that that's that that's that 15 year old Jasper that wells up within me that I think of anytime I think of zeal and I find myself thinking what happened to that kid what happened to that kid when he was 15 experienced the wonderful wonderful redeeming grace of God who showed me my purpose in life who forgave my sins who, who ignited with me this experience of Jesus that I couldn't imagine when I was experiencing the Holy, as a teenager, feeling like some kid who couldn't do anything, but then feeling so purposeful for God, coming home after work late at night, sitting in the car crying as I listened to music singing about Jesus because I was just so in love with him and I couldn't explain it. And nothing seemed to bother me because I just had Jesus and that's what mattered. I was just so ready to do anything. But what happened to that kid sometimes, I think? It's because I begin... I get slothful and zeal as I let my experiences in life embitter me. As I let my own energy wane. And as I let my experiences take me to a place that God's not trying to take me. And I have to be reminded with verses like this. No, no, there's a reason. There's a reason I'm here. There's a reason God's given me the gifts that I'm given. And God is so good to save me. And he wants to use me. And that same fervency when I was a teenager can be been here at 32 and at 42 and at 62 because God supplies that supernaturally because of the gospel. Because we have a reason. We have a reason. I feel like maybe some of you understand what I'm saying because you may feel the same way. What happened to that person? You lost your zeal, your fervency. God loves you. He's with you. 
and he's here for you. And these verses don't condemn. These verses only prove we get there. We get in the dry and weary land and we need, we need to be stirred. We need to be stirred. Hebrews says that. Let's consider how to stir one another to good works, love and good works, right? Because we become stagnant. We become idle and we need the reminder of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Serve the Lord. That's why we've been saved. We remind you of Colossians 3. This is in the context of a servant, which would be a slave or a bondservant. This is in the context of bondservants. Someone who has, who has to work under someone. Look, look at this. Whatever you do, whatever it is. We're gonna come, I'm going to mention this here in a second. I'm going to talk about it, but hold on. Whatever you do, work what? Work um, slowly, lazily. When you get to it, no, work heartily, right? Hard, there's that emotion. Yeah, I'm, 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 put, I'm digging my heels in, I'm doing this. As for the Lord, not for men. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive, will receive the inheritance, the inheritance of Christ. As your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. Have you forgotten who you're serving? Have you, have you lost zeal because your service has turned from God to man and man is letting you down because you're not getting the encouragement, the affirmation, the confirmation from men? Remember, no, no, no. Whatever we do, whatever we do, we do it for God, not for ourselves and not for others because he's worthy, right? And that helps us because when we're being treated unfairly or we're not seeing results or things are not going the way we think we should do it or life gets monotonous, monotonous because we feel like we should be doing something extreme or better and we can't handle the fact that we're just got this simple routine in life that it feels like God's not letting us come out of listen God wants faithfulness don't you realize that serving the Lord don't you he's talking in the context of you having a boss or a or a master over you your service for the Lord is being faithful in that situation you are serving the Lord if you remain faithful and you keep into mind that you're serving God first because every little interaction with your master and the people around you, whether at your work or at home or whatever monotonous routine thing that you think isn't important, God looks at it as very important. That's why I have you there. I want you to be zealous, not lose heart. Keep going. Be zealous about me using you in those routine monotonous situations. I like to remind people all the time, when you read the book of Acts, you see Paul being snake bitten on these missionary journeys. You see him like going through all these extreme things. But these are like highlights that are mentioned in like a 30-year period of Paul's life. The, what do you think he was doing in between those times? You think he was being stoned every day? No, he's, he's t- making tents, get, making a living. He's, he's meeting with, with the brothers and sisters in church. He's probably got this monotonous routine going on sometimes. Probably feeling very lonely. He was pretty zealous when he was put in prison. How does one get that? Well, it's the power of the Spirit staying fervent, remembering what he's calling, keeping his eyes on the goal. Focus, focus, focus. Look at Galatians 6, 9. Really, this is it. Really, this is the application. Really, this is what we need to be reminded of. Let us not grow weary. You see that? I mean, we, let's, let's admit, we can really, again, the Scripture's telling us this because we do grow weary. weary. We, we do get tired. Right? Time goes on and we're just like, why am I doing this? What is going on? We get weary. But what is that leading us to? Look at this. Do not grow weary of doing good. For in due time, in due season, you will reap. The reward is coming. You being able to see what you have accomplished 
is coming, it will be revealed to you. And I guarantee you when you work for the Lord, you cannot comprehend, I believe, you cannot comprehend the earthly and eternal impact that you've had. But God will let you see it and your reward will be the inheritance of heaven and eternal life. He will let you see that you will be in it. But look what it says, if. If we do not give up. You see, this is the goal for every Christian. The goal is to endure to the end. That is the goal. You see it throughout the New Testament. It's a constant reminder. Keep going, and you need to live your life to the day you die and be able to say, I never gave up. If you give up, when you prove you're not a Christian, you leave the faith and you say, I'm done with this, it's too hard. You're proving there the enemy is one, and you're proving that God's not really in you. And so there's this constant reminder, don't grow weary. Expect hardship. Expect monotony. Expect routine. Expect trouble. And expect that your heart is always going to be moving away from zeal and fervency. And be ready for it. Be praying. Be relying in the power of God. And let's not grow weary of doing good and rely on these promises that are to come. Let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we'll reap if we do not give up. And our verse for today says this. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Summit Church, serve the Lord. Where are you at? What are you struggling with? How is God working on your heart right now? You know, sometimes we may feel the conviction, hear a message, see God's word, and know something's wrong, but not know what to do from the moment that we feel something's wrong till the day that maybe the sermon's done and then this day and lunch and everything starts going and that begins to just get a memory and you go right back into the routine. We need to be intentional. Sometimes sometimes what we need is we just need to like, okay, I'm going to get a long time. I don't care what else is happening. I'm going to get a long time. I've recognized this thing that's in my heart. I feel like I can't fix it, but I know it's wrong. I know I'm losing zeal for the Lord, but I'm going to go alone. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pour my heart out to God. And I'm going to ask him to help me because I realize without him, I can do nothing. I can do nothing. And so I'm going to go to this tender, merciful God who gave a son for me, who showed me how much he loved me in his word, who has given me an inheritance and a promise, who's given me a purpose. I'm going to go to him and I'm going to ask for help. And I'm going to ask him to ignite this fire within me that's gone out then I'm losing it. I'm going to ask him just to help and I'm going to trust him and believe that he hears everything I ask and that he's with me always and that he loves me and that he cares for me and the promises that he gives for everyone else apply to me too. And when I'm struggling and I've failed him and I've let him down, it doesn't mean that I'm condemned because in Christ there is no condemnation. There is none. And so I'm going to go to him and I'm going to ask him to help me and trust that he will supply what I can't give myself. But if we let moments like this pass and we continue just to fall into the rut of life and the monotony of life, we give opportunity for the enemy and he'll continue to stagnate the zeal that God wants his people to have. And we'll continue to get bitter and angry and confused. Church, I know what's going on has been hard. We've got all types of things going on, but we cannot lose our passion for serving the Lord. He was passionate to the point that they put nails in his hands and his feet and he died for us. He went to that place and he was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So God, how can we at the end of our lives know that we've been obedient to the point of death? 
God, use us. Use some at church. Help us and help the one listening right now that knows, knows what I'm talking about and is struggling with this. God, you comfort their heart, that you'd stir them and you give them the energy that they're missing. And we pray this for all of us. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Love you and I can't wait to see you next week. Let's sing. Let's sing together with passionate hearts and be reminded of what God's done for us. God bless.
praise forever to the King of Kings. Is he your King? Listen, that song reminds you of what he's done for you, reminds you of why he's worthy, reminds you of why he's King. Listen, that's the solution and the formula for a stagnant heart is to be reminded of the gospel. That's why we're going to do communion next week because we need to remember what God has done for us in Jesus. Remember his body that was sacrificed for us. And I'm telling you, God, God gives us the right motivation. He'll always give that motivation through the good news and through the gospel. We're praying for you. Continue to pray for the church. Pray for one another. Pray for our fathers today. And don't forget to wish your father or, or anyone else that you know is a father the happiest father. They tell them you love them. Tell them that you appreciate them. Tell them that you love them. And know this, Summit Church, you are loved.